Okay, boys and girls, welcome to a new edition of Billy, Raul, and La Musica. Now, these are really cool episodes because we're not talking with an artist. We're not talking with a rapper, a singer, a songwriter. We're talking with somebody that's in the industry. And on this very special episode, we're talking with Rob Marcus, who is known for working with artists like Depeche Mode, J Balvin, Faith No More, Juanes, so many artists. And the killers. Yeah, the killers, <laughs> Billy's favorites, yeah. Depeche Mode, my favorites. And, you know, really to give us a little bit of an insight on the music industry side of things. What did you think of Rob? Oh my God, I absolutely loved him. And like you mentioned, you know, so we're starting this new series of Billy Trao en la Musica, focusing on the music industry, right? And we started off with Rob. And right, like you said, maybe he's not a musician, but he's definitely still a superstar. Um, this guy is extremely busy. So we were, we were very, very lucky that he took the time. Like he sat with us for an hour and just yeah. really dug into his daily life at WME as a music agent and as a partner and talked to us about Juanes and the Killers and the Peche Mode and all these amazing stories. It was so interesting and I absolutely loved him. Very cool guy. Um, I felt honored in all sincerity to have someone so important. Oh, yeah. Especially, and you're going to hear this right off the bat, how busy this guy is. It's so unreal. to be able to get him for an hour of his time And he was genuinely happy to speak about these kind of issues and industry insights that you don't normally get to hear about. You know, everybody just sees, you know, the, the glitz and the glamour of all the stars. But then you get a little more of that background and really how much work it takes to get this stuff done and to develop these artists into these megastars. And he's, he's brutally honest. And very sincere about what he does and how he does it and why he does it. I mean, Rob oversees the music division's Latin group and primarily focuses on international deals for WME artists. This is an extremely busy and important person in the music industry. So we're so honored to kick off these monthly editions of Pili Raul La Musica focusing on the music industry with Rob Marcus. Rob, thank you so much for joining us. It's such a pleasure to have such an experienced man in the music industry joining us today and hopefully, you know, sharing more about your experience and some tips, advice, and just your experience um, in the music industry for those of, of you who are listening to us and are musicians or want to be part of what happens in the background as part of the music industry. With us, Rob Marcus. Rob, as a partner and music agent at William Morris Endeavor, what is your day-to-day -day like? First of all, thank you very much for having me here. I love the program, and I think what you guys are doing is really great. So it's an honor to be here, and I'm happy to share my experience and my time with, with you and with the listeners. So thank you very much. Day-to-day, -day, it's very broad. I'm involved in – I've been an agent for 18 years. Uh, here in the States, helping to build um, what was William Morris and then became WME's international business. So primarily business outside of the U.S. and Canada, 
But since then, I've also become very involved in in, in our business in the U.S. Um, the, this music business is really a global business. And in the past, really, five to 10 years, it's become even more of a global business. So the range of things that I as an agent do is, is, is really, really broad. If I look at today, um, you know, one of my first calls was with um, another agent discussing the career of Andrea Bocelli's son. Um, you know, my next call was with a client of mine who I represent, who are the Smurfs out of Belgium. Um, you know, my next call um, was with colleagues discussing the global touring of Jack White, who's a client. My next call was with the management of Juanes discussing the upcoming uh, European tour of Juanes. Uh, my next call was with a young lady who is um, um, interested in joining the agency and was referred to me, and she's a very capable Latina, um, interested in a position with us. And um, I'm probably not remembering the next couple of calls that that led, <laughs> that led into here, but eventually, eventually. Sounds like a busy day. It, 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 you know, oh, no, there was another one. We were on a call with the management of Nine Inch Nails discussing potential support for um, some dates that they have coming up. And then this call came. So it's it's a busy day, but as you can see, when you go from uh, Los Pitufos to Juanes to Nine Inch Nails, that's a pretty broad range of, uh, of, of activity. For the most part, it has to do with their live careers in terms of um, their, 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 their touring business. Um, with the Smurfs, we're involved in um, their film business their um, live music touring business, their recorded music business. So it's a little bit broader than just um, on, on the live touring side. But for the most part, my days are filled with strategy and, um, and execution of, um, of, of touring, touring activity for, um, for, for, for music artists. Wow. Wow. We love that all that happened before lunchtime in a day. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and and we also need to know that and make sure that you gave Rafa uh, and Juan's esteem a, a really hard time because he's also a dear friend. <laughs> I love, I love, I've worked with Juanes, I think now maybe 16 years. And, um, you know, I am so fond of him and of Rafa and of the entire team and what they've achieved and what he's achieved. And not just in the realm of music, but in what he does in terms of social awareness and um, in terms of just, just, just in every way, family and, and across the board. And I've, I've had such great experiences. I've been with Juanes from, from playing for the King of Morocco to, you know, Lollapalooza in Chile. So the, 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 the range of opportunities that we've been able to do and the, you know, to see the pleasure that someone like Juanes brings onto the faces of fans all over the world is really just priceless. It, it makes all the hard work really worth it. 
Yeah, well, that's that's pretty amazing. I mean, when you think about all these artists and all the the backgrounds and where they're from, and your travels and you being born in Australia, Hungarian parents, and just a, a, a massive mix of all these cultures that come into play for the people that you work with and represent, that's really cool. You know, I, you you spent time in so many different countries, and you even spent time growing up in South America and different regions. How did that come into play, learning more about the Latin community? Well, I was very fortunate. Um, I was, like, like you said, I was born in Australia, but at the age of five, I moved to the Philippines and lived in the Philippines for six years. And in the Philippines, in the schools, um, you had to choose a language. It was either Tagalog, English, which I spoke, um, uh, Spanish, or, or Mandarin. And I did start with Mandarin, but I quickly changed to Spanish. So I started learning Spanish at a, at a relatively young age. And afterwards, we moved to the States and lived on the East Coast. My father worked for the World Bank, and he was responsible for some territories in, in, in Latin America. And so I had the good fortune of going to Peru at a very young age as an exchange student, um, I have been going to Brazil since probably 1982-83 and have continued to go there. I've been going to Argentina for many, many years, with my best friend being Argentine. Um, So I've had a really great opportunity to visit those territories in my formative years. And um, I was always impressed by the culture and the diversity in culture between countries and even within countries. So within Brazil, the range of culture that exists from the North to the South, these are massive countries. Um, And I was interested, I was always a big music fan and I was always very um, intrigued by um, local music, whether it was local folk music or whether it was rock music, or at the time, most of it was either some type of, national folk music or 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 some type of rock music that i was listening to i i just put it away in the back of my head that um culturally music plays such an important role in these countries i didn't think at the time that i would have direct involvement working with um with the region and working with artists from the region um but when i came to william morris in in 2004 and uh, Mark Geiger, who's one of my mentors, uh, brought me to, to to the agency to help build out the international business. Um, I started to see that in Latin America, there was just a lot of opportunity. At the time, there was um, there were very few promoters. It was kind of a duopoly between some big players. And there were many young people who were contacting me wanting to do shows. And they would find me because of the artists who I represented. And I decided that it was worth trying to take, uh, to, to develop these up and coming young promoters. Some of them were in their 20s, early 20s. You know, fast forward 20 years later, or almost 20 years later, um, you know, that now they are major promoters in the region. You know, some of them are the owners or, or the promoters of Lollapalooza or other festivals down in the region. But that way of how I decided to kind of develop and work with these young up and coming promoters also 
a helped build these incredible friendships with people, but also B they trusted me and they would bring, um, interesting local music to me and introduce interesting local music to me. So I kind of felt like I had a, a, a front row seat watching how, um, how, how these countries all flourished and developed in terms of music and new genres and so forth. At the time, it was, it was a little bit tricky because um, Latin music hadn't yet had the explosion that it has had today. I, we, we had a, a real kind of feeling that it was coming. Um, Mark was very much a pro streaming person and he felt that streaming was going to lead to a massive explosion of, um, of, of kind of niche genres. And, um, you know, we started really investing into building up internally the Latin team at WME going back, you know, six, seven, eight years. And, um, as we, as we did that, we had the good fortune of um, streaming exploding, and the you know the proliferation of streaming, you know, has probably helped Latin music more than any single genre that I can that I can think of. And I don't want to call Latin. I hate to lump it in as Latin music yeah. because there's <laughs> so, so broad. many. Yeah. It's so broad. Yeah, so please, it's so please, much. It's so big. Please don't um, take that. I always correct people when they do that towards me. And so I don't want to be guilty of doing the same thing, but if we do lump it together in some way, um, streaming really is, is it, people ask me what, why, why did, what's the explosion? Why did it happen? Why did it happen? And it was really because um, accessibility um, through streaming just changed the game. And along with that, the quality of music improved and interest and just became a global, it really became a global game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we were hoping that would happen and we were betting on it and it, and it did. So we were quite well structured to be able to um, really work with that. And, you know, at WME, we have a really great team of people who um, work in the primarily in the Latin space, several colleagues of mine who, have um, who really do a fantastic job and it really needs to be a team effort because as you know with with the, with the team that we've built out and it has to be a team effort today because it's not easy even though streaming has helped this massive explosion of of latin music and numbers or you know top streamed artists in the world and this that and the other it's still a huge job of education. It's a huge job of um, introducing, whether it's new genres, whether it's new individuals. And um, so uh, that we spend a lot of time doing that. It's nothing's an automatic and having one person, you know, on Juanes, there's five people on the team surrounding him and working on him. Just, just, just working from our side, you know, there's people on the music side, there's people on the film side, there's people on the book side, and it's, you know, they're not only doing Juanes, but they are part of the Juanes team. Similarly, whether it's with Jay Balvin or whether it's with, um, you know, one of our many other mm-hmm. clients, it's all about finding the right people to be part of that team. And, um, you know, that is, is, is the single most important thing is the teamwork. So finding the right person 
to be part of the team, does that mean they have to love the work of that artist or not necessarily? I think being passionate about uh, what you do and the artists you work with is critical. Um, is it always the case? I'd like to say yes, but you know, at times we bring people in and then change them because for whatever reason, they may not either connect with the project or they may not connect with the team. Um, so in an ideal world, yes, I think it needs to be. The truth is if we're not passionate about something and if we don't connect, it's probably not the right thing for us to be right. doing. And, you know, when I meet, and I, I, I just had a meeting with a client the other day, a very, she's a very big artist. And um, I always tell them, go meet with other people as well. Mm, you know, see who go you meet drive with, with. Go, go, go meet with other agencies, go, go sit with other people. And when I first, when some of my, my colleagues first heard this, they, after the meeting, they were like, what are you doing? Why are you, why, why, why are you, why are you, why are you, why are you doing that? And, you know, my belief is it's gotta be, it's like a marriage. It's gotta be, yeah, that you know, right fit. it's gotta be, it's gotta be right for both, both people because otherwise it's probably not going to work. And, you know, I've worked with, you know, Juanes for such a long time. I've worked with Balvin for, long time most of the clients that i work with have been for re incubus have been client for i don't know 15 years so you know these are long relationships that you build um and if you you want that other person to have also done their research and legwork and and checked out and compared and you know maybe yeah feel i mean feel confident that they did the right choice right 100 after the the Latin explosion, as we may call it. Um, right now, we all know that the U.S. Hispanic market is ginormous, right? And to the point where we're really not even a minority anymore. Um, are agencies like WME seeing us as general market, and does it actually matter? Well, it's an interesting um, thing that happened. We had an office in Miami, which um, we decided to close. And that was about six years ago now, maybe seven years ago. Um, and the reason we did is we felt that we were isolating and siloing um, the efforts in the Latin world outside of what was happening in the agency. By having the office there, very often it was an island and it was doing the things that it did. And it was just difficult to incorporate it into the agency as a whole. And what we decided to do was close the office. It doesn't mean we don't go to Miami 15 times a year or 20 <laughs> times a year. Right. Um, but what we did is we put the people into London, New York, LA, Nashville, who are working in the Latin space. And we developed those teams more in those, in those um, different offices. And what it allowed us to do was to be closer with the Latin artists that we represent to everything else that was going on in the agency, whether it was in the areas of television, whether it was in the film, whether it was in the areas of commercials um, or, or branding opportunities. Um, and it just allowed much closer tie to kind of the bigger global picture of what's going on in terms of opportunities in the space. You know, my feeling is that the lines between Latin 
and non-Latin or Korean and non, you know, the lines are getting blurred, you know, and we need to structure ourselves and, and act like that. So on almost all of the, not on almost all, on all of the teams that we have in the Latin world um, or from, from the Latin world, we have Anglo people involved on them. You know, we have um, people coming from, you know, my partner on Cafe Tacuba is Kevin Shivers, who doesn't speak, he loves Mexico, but he doesn't speak <laughs> much Spanish, if any, you know? Right. And he's and he's done an absolutely incredible job for for Cafeta because he's he's brought differing views and different opportunities that may not be that may not be seen otherwise. Um, and we really believe that that's the way that the industry operates. That's the way that music is global. That's why I said in the beginning, it's such a global business. Um, you know, so when you say general market or Latin, I think it's all, I look at it all as, as a global, as a global business. Yes, there are certain genres which are, you know, more niche, but you know, if you look at something like Bomba Stereo, who we've been working with for, I don't know, 10 years or something of the sort now, maybe more than that. Um, you know, we look at them the same way we would look at, I don't know, the killers or, or nine inch nails, you know, and we want to bring them similar types of, of opportunities. And did you know that the killers is my favorite band? No, that I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> They're my favorite band as, as Raul can attest and everybody else in this and in you this know, podcast. my favorite band is Depeche Mode. So you work with a couple of our <laughs> of our favorites. Yeah. And- I'm very, listen, I'm very lucky. I have to say, I'm very lucky to have the opportunity to work with these incredibly talented individuals. And if you look at both of those bands, they're both really global bands. Mm-hmm. And you know, if one of the things we we really try to figure out, and I'll tell you when 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 uh, Jose when Jay Balvin first came into my office, he said to me, "I'm a global artist. I want to be a global superstar. I sing in Spanish, but I'm global." And that set kind of the the compass in a certain direction. And everything we've tried to do in terms of developing him has had that as really being a a, a compass, a guiding arrow for us. Um, and it's it, it was really interesting. I never forget it. And I tell the story to people. Uh, but I think it's really interesting to look at a Jay Balvin or you look at a Killers or you look at a Depeche Mode. They have the global. They go everywhere, and they go everywhere. Mm-hmm. And and I recommend artists to go everywhere early in their mm-hmm. career. With the Killers, we were going to South America when mm-hmm. you know they were already starting to get big in in Europe, but they weren't yet meaningful in some other parts. Where yeah, we started I mean, I it. traveled to Colombia to see them. I traveled to Mexico to see them, and this was years ago. And still, they were gathering a lot of people. Like that, it was packed. Yeah, but it it the sooner you start on developing that and we try to do the same you know we have some great developing latin talent nikki nicole for example kea from 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 argentina you know kea's first tour in europe was i don't know i think it was 25 cities you know including including going to poland and hungary and romania and um germany and 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 so on and it's not only great for the artist to experience it from a, a cultural 
you know, opening their eyes to seeing the world and, you know, it influences their music in the future as they develop by seeing the world, but it opens up, you know, new fan bases for them. And once the flag's in the ground, the goal is, okay, how do we go back? How do we build back? How do we go back? And, you know, what our artists unfortunately often do is they stay in the kind of areas that they're comfortable with, but what they don't realize that they're doing is they burn those markets out much faster if they don't have a broader kind of global plan or bigger plan than maybe just, you know, 10 countries that they feel comfortable in. Well, well, we, we, we say this all the time during the podcast and it, it's, it's common knowledge that, that music is the universal language and it brings people together. So it doesn't matter what language you're singing in. People are going to understand in any part of the world. And you mentioned these, these well-established artists and these megastars like the Killers, Depeche Mode, J Balvin, and how long you've been working with them. But then you say a band like Bomba Stereo and you say 10, 15 years, that means you were working with them from the early days of Bomba Stereo. Billy and I both know Lee and Simone really well from those early days as well. But where do you see the more potential that you guys have in making a difference? Is it working with that up and coming artist or working with somebody that's already established and with a massive audience? Listen, it's a good question, but everyone started when they were small. Right. So what, what a lot of people don't realize is you know, we've been working with the killers from, you know, Kirk Summer started working with the killers ages ago, 2000, I think 2003 or 2002, maybe was when it started. And, you know, the, the, the size of them, there's a lot of development goes into, um, in, into developing these, ah, a lot of work goes into developing these acts before the masses may know about them. So yes, it's great when an act gets to be at a, at a certain level, but the process of getting there is, is equally important. And it's, um, you know, finding those next generation acts. We've been working with Nikki Nicole, I think for three and a half years now. And, and she started like four years ago. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I remember, I remember yeah. seeing a bit video of her on a bicycle and I said to, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 you probably know which video yes. it is. And I, uh-huh. and I said, I said to, um, Richard Vega and Steven Schultz, because again, we've got a team, Richard Vega, who's, you know, closer to the Latin world and Steven Schultz, who's an Anglo guy. We all looked at this and we said, we're going after this. We, we want to represent her. At the time, I said, this girl could be the Billie Eilish from Latin America. That's what I really felt. Um, and she's, she's fantastic. Phenomenal. She's, she's phenomenal. A, and her image know, has, I mean, I remember seeing that video too. And now like I see her image has changed so much since since that video. Um, but you know, talking I have, to, about, tell, I have, I have yeah. to tell you a quick story. So we were, when we were still working on signing her and we went to meet her and, and her manager, in, in Las Vegas, um, we had seen, I don't know if you know, but she's got a tattoo mm-hmm. on her neck. You know what the, you, you know what the tattoo says? Oh, I know it's I've bu- read it, but I don't remember. I've read it's it and a, I can't remember. Yeah. It's, it's, it says bullshit. Oh, so, <laughs> yes. So I said, so That's I, it. That's it. And this is, this is we will we will go to no we we will stop nowhere to sign an act. But I said to Richard, I said Richard, we got it. We got to get these tattoos. So he went and got um, we 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 took photos of it, enlarged it, and we had um, these temporary tattoos made. 
Um, and he and I both brilliant. had the bull. Brilliant. Oh my God, that's brilliant. <laughs> had, the, had the bullshit tattoos, but we had our shirts buttoned up when we, we had a lunch, I think a breakfast or a lunch. And then we both kind of, it's kind of hot in here. We took it off and then we, <laughs> and we were, we kind of continued having the, having the breakfast. And then she goes, she, she noticed the bullshit tattoos. I, I, we have the photos somewhere. It's very I, funny. That's, that's, awesome. that's great. And what a great way to connect, you know, yeah, but those are, you know, those are the things that really, I think are important and make a difference in terms of, you know, if she wouldn't have gotten it, then maybe she wouldn't be right for us. You know what I mean? Right. If that's, those are the, those are kind of those little things where, um, it's, it's fun. You know, this is a job, but at the same time, we're not in a coal mine and we're very lucky to be doing what we're doing. And so those are the small things that, you know, make it worth it when you are able to do that. Going in and talking with somebody like a Nikki Nicole and, you know, meeting her maybe for the first time, she's also surrounded by that team and they're, she's so young. They're very protective of her image, what she's to do or what they want her to do and what, how do you kind of, you know, break that barrier? I mean, that, that idea with that, tat, with the tattoo is brilliant. That's an amazing icebreaker, but then you got to kind of like, say like, look, we're the real deal. We're here to help you guys and we can do something for you that maybe you don't have access to. How do you kind of build that trust with the artist and their team, specifically with somebody like a Nikki Nicole? Cause we had her on and, and it was, it was such a genuine conversation, but then we had to deal with our team. So look, you said some of the key words, trust is, is the key word and it takes time and you can see that in a relationship when the trust, it starts to, you know, really get stronger and, 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 but it, ta it, ta it takes time at the end of the day, it's your work. And it's when you start delivering things, and you start to say, we are going to get you onto Coachella. We are going to get you um, this or that or whatever it is that we put into a plan. And we start, you know, we put, because what we, what we do with our clients is we sit down and we put longer term strategies together. Um, you know, it's, it's very important that you don't just go, okay, I wake up today and go, okay, I'm going to go book three shows for Nikki Nicole, or I'm going to book four shows for you know, the killers, each artist has, has a calendar, has a strategy, has a plan that fits in with their life, fits in with their life cycle, fits in with their recording career, fits in with lots of things. And, you know, we put that, and those plans change over time, depending on how things develop, how quickly songs take off, et cetera. What viruses are attacking us. What viruses are attacking <laughs> us. Whether, yeah, exactly. Whether you're wearing a mask or not wearing a mask. Um, but, uh, you know, we put a plan together. And then as, and a lot of those are aspirational things in those plans. And, um, you know, some of them are easier to get and some of them are, you know, more challenging. And as you do deliver on things, you can feel how the trust starts to get you know, stronger and stronger. But the other thing that's really important and, and, um, you know, in no way do I want this to come across sounding bad. Brandon's getting ready with the, he's getting ready with the, <laughs> the you know, the V the veto button, but, um, it's also important that, you know, we try to speak from the heart and really speak genuinely and really look after the artist's interest. And, you know, we're a big agency. 
I've been doing it for a long time. I don't want to say name a name, but artist X isn't going to necessarily change my life or my trajectory. So what, what I try to tell them is if I'm giving you advice or if I'm saying something, it's genuine because it's not for me. It really is for you. And it really is something that I feel confident and comfortable with. And I've got years of experience and I have a team around me and around you. And if we're saying something, we're really saying it because it's, it's, it's genuine and it's, um, it's, it's genuinely for you. I don't make decisions based on $1 here or $2 there or $5. The decision really is based on what is best for the artist. And once an artist really gets and understands that, I think they really value it because they need those places of trust and they need those places that they, those sounding boards that they can really rely on. And that's what we want to, that's what we want to be. So if you guys want to listen to our episode with Nick and Nicole, it's episode number 49 here on Pilito en la Musica. Rob, so, you know, we're talking about getting to know bands and signing them when they're just starting, you know, like Nick and Nicole, like Bomba Stereo. And both Raul and I and you see so many amazing talent all the time. And as we all know, they don't all make it, right? Um, and that's so frustrating sometimes because you see those sometimes who make it that are not as talented as those who didn't, right? So very frustrating. But what are the key characteristics that are necessary to make it? Like you just mentioned, Jay Balvin walked into your office clearly with a lot of confidence to be able to say, I'm a global artist. Like, is that one of the things that you're looking for? Look, you know, to go back to your, your point, success is, and talent is, it is very subjective. So, you know, I work with some unbelievably, who I consider talented individuals who haven't become as successful as some others. And they're perfectly happy with their lives, with their, Um, environment and with their achievements. But do you um, feel like they haven't followed your advice like you were just mentioning now? No, no, they may, they may, I, I, I have a couple who their focus is just elsewhere. They have family that they want to spend, you know, more time with. They just don't necessarily have the aspiration to be um, on the road 250 days a year. And, um, you know, they are perfectly happy doing one album every three years and then doing 30 shows and, you know, making a living from that. So I think there's a variety of types of people. You know, there are people who, yes, are focused and do want to become the next J Balvin or Depeche Mode or whatever and don't make it. And maybe they do follow advice that's given. There is no exact formula. We, we know that. And, and, I wish there was, and I wish we could guarantee it for people. And sometimes it does break your heart when you see someone who is, um, you know, in your opinion, checks all the boxes, checks all the boxes, more talented and yeah. so forth. Um, that that's the reality of, of the business. And, you know, it's so cyclical in terms of, um, what happened, what is hot, what isn't hot, And, you know, if someone is maybe late in a cycle and the cycle starts to drop and. How do you manage some of those expectations that they may have? Like that's, that's, a, you know. You really try to do your best within 
um, kind of the the you try to keep expectations as close to reality as 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 possible. So often when we meet with people, we try to drill into what their expectations are, and if we don't think that we can achieve the expectations, then often we've said, "Listen, we're probably not right for you," mm-hmm. um, or we say listen, your expectations are lofty. Are you prepared to uh, adjust them? Um, Because we think it's more in line with this. And sometimes it naturally goes in a different way. And sometimes it's a conscious decision to, you know, to go in a different way. Um, But it is, it's, 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 it's a challenge. There's no, if there was a magic answer, you know, we'd be sitting somewhere else, but uh, (laughs) Well, I think you guys are doing all right. I think you guys are doing all right in managing <laughs> such expectations and really con- con- connecting with the artists. Listen, we passion is the most important part of this. And if you have an artist and a team who's passionate on the artist side and you, you, know, you try to have an agent team who's passionate, that's the best you can ask for. Mm. That's, really the be- that's really the best you can ask for. And then you tr- try to do the best all around and you hope for the best and listen i'm so proud of people like bomb buff what they've achieved and how they've broken down barriers and culture and you know it's just it's amazing to watch it's it's and there's lots and there's lots of them and you know you feel in a little way that you've participated in that and that's a good that's a really good feeling so we've spoken about how many languages you speak and how international you are um, and we've mentioned a couple of your artists like Depeche Mode and J Balvin, but you also have Kaigo, Toto, um, amongst others. I mean, we're talking about not only different genres and languages, but also different cultures and generations. So how do you take these differences into account when approaching your clients? I mean, look, it's, it's interesting. I, I've been working with Kaigo now for, I think, seven years, something of the sort. and He's a, a young individual, very talented. His manage, manager is a, a, a fantastically creative and um, very capable and um, I've, uh, individual. I've learned so much because I'm I'm fifty. I'll be I'm fifty four now, so I'm much older. You know, they're not yet thirty, and so there's a big. You know, there's I'm almost twice their age. And I just am so lucky because I learn from these individuals and I learn and I try to take everything in and then put it away. And then you have it there to be able to take out to use in, in another um, situation. So, um, you know, there's very little training that can happen in this business. Your training is really your day to day and every, every event, every phone call, you're learning, you're training, you're, and so the range of artists I work in every direction from, you know, Smurfs, Toto, it's so diverse that so diverse. just by nature of that, you're learning. And it is really great. The great thing is when you're able to start to connect the dots between some of them. You know, I remember, um, and I've told the story before, the manager of Kygo called me, he's playing, um, they were playing Hangout Festival in Gulf Shores, um, Alabama. And he called me and he said, what do you think if we get, I'm trying to come up with a big idea. What do you think if I get Jimmy Buffett to come out with us what? <laughs> at, at, 
at, Sipping at margaritas. At hangout. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I, I might have even said, I said, no fucking way you're going to get Jimmy Buffett to come out with you at hangout. Fast forward, next thing I'm getting is a photo of them getting on a private plane together to, to fly to hangout, perform together, huge, massive success. And it's led on to a relationship between them, you know, someone who's been around for a long time and a newer client. And, you know, and completely different genres and backgrounds. Completely different. Go, 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 go look at it on YouTube. You'll I see will. It. Just go, yeah, just go. Check it out. It's, really cool. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, but what I learned from it, from this young manager who I think was, I don't know, 24 at the time, who am I to say it's not going to happen? And no limits. You know, so that, that whole idea of no limits. And I think the younger generation, the attitude of really pushing the boundaries of what is and isn't possible is just for me it's great to see and it's it's helped me a lot and it's a motive it's actually motivating when you see someone like that do something you know make something into a reality it just reminds you that the world's a big place and anything's possible totally totally well, i mean you you answered one of my questions that i already wanted to ask is like you know you work with such big festivals and, you know, trying to create, you know, that special onstage performance with collaborations of Latin artists and non-Latin artists. That's that's amazing that that came through, you know, and, and I'm hearing kind of a parallel to the record labels and what what the kind of artist development mentality is. And I never even thought that there was that parallel between the agencies such a, like a like a William Morris and what you do to what the record label does and how important is it to work with the record labels when, when that that's actually the case where they're trying to dictate, okay, the future for sales and where they're going to be, you know, what their market is going to be and that kind of stuff. I mean, we work, we work very closely with many labels. I mean, there are artists who don't have uh, record labels and do things themselves, but we do work closely with labels. Um, you know, this, the, the point of featurings and collaborations, um, you know, it's a big, it's a big business. I think in the Latin space, it may have gotten a little bit out of control where at times you don't know anymore, uh, you know, you can barely fit the number of featurings on the line. Because it's, <laughs> and then you throw in the remixers and, <laughs> and then, and then the re and then the remix comes and, and, and the so remix forth. The remix. You know, there have been some really great opportunities that have come out of it and i think you know there's a a, a big uh effort by the anglo space to do things with the land space land space do things with the anglo space so I, I do think those are really exciting the other place where i think it's important is on tours with support acts and this talks to artist development where you put an up-and-coming act or maybe an act who is already big in latin america but not big in america you look for the appropriate tour to put them on and give them the exposure of that bigger audience. And that's a, a very important part of the uh, artist development process because um, getting artists in front of people is um, in the live business is, is, is really critical. And at a young, you know, a young developing act to get them on, um, you know, we just had Diamante Electrico supporting Cafe Tacuba, um, you know, 
across the states. That's a huge opportunity. That was oh, a yeah. huge oper- That was a huge opportunity for them. And well deserved because um, they're great and and absolutely well deserved. They're 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 fantastic, but it also helps. It helps in the development process. So you know, on the back of that, we were able to go to Bottle Rock Festival and show that uh, Diamante had done all these shows across America, and it made them more appealing to the uh, buyers at Bottle Rock, and now they're going to be on Bottle Rock. So oh, that's great. It's all part of the development process. Um, and sometimes you have to convince artists to take less money than they might normally want because of the, the value of the development and the opportunity. Um, but that's, you know, the, the, those are challenges. So we, a lot of what we do is strategizing in that way of how do you, um, what are those stepping stones and how do you, um, build, get, get those, those stones in, in order to help to grow, grow the artist's career. Well, thank you so much for your time, Rob. We know you're super busy. You probably have 17 calls in the next two minutes. <laughs> They've all gone to voicemail already. <laughs> But we really appreciate you sharing a little bit more about your expertise and your experience in the in the music world. And uh, it's been super interesting. So thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity to spend some time with both of you. And um, if we can be of help in any way, um, I'm really happy to and you know i'd like to just end with it's so important the team um that we have and no one can do this by themselves um you know i wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you know the team of people who i have or who, who we have working with us and i'm really pr- i'm really proud of them um and i want to give them the credit that they deserve so Well, I mean, you can always thank us with just putting us on the forever VIP free list for the Peshmerga <laughs> exactly. Raoul and got, the Killers I, for I, me. I, you got it. <laughs> I, I, I hear you. The lifetime, the the Coachella lifetime ticket example. Yeah, forever and ever. No, no, <laughs> I got, no, it, I it, it. It really is. It, it really is fun to talk with you about all this kind of stuff. And yeah, you know, teamwork makes the dream work. I mean, really, there's there's nothing else beyond that. But yeah, it feels like we're barely scratching the surface with everything that we. We're, we're we're getting into and I, I feel like we can talk for hours so there might need to be a, a part two and part three to to our conversation for sure if if you ever want just reach out i'm happy to help and you know maybe having some of the other team players if it's right come on at a certain time that could also be helpful so you get a not not just an old man's view but you get some of the younger blood get the younger blood in there as well Rob, I'm right there with you at age, so I, I think that, you know that's just a number, man. It's it's you know the, we're passionate about the music, and that's what drives all of us. I hear you. I appreciate it. I love the passion that you guys have. I love what you're doing, and um, I'm very very honored to be here. What an impressive human being! Thank you so much again to Rob Marcus for taking the time to talk to us and to you guys who are listening that are in the music industry. I am sure these are super helpful, great advice, great tips, great way to have an insight into what really happens in the music industry in such a huge and important agency as WME. Yeah, I mean, when you say the name William Morris, you know that comes with the caliber of artists and and clientels. You know, so it, it was cool to, to talk with him. And yes, this is the first of our industry insider 
chats. And we got some really cool ones coming up. We got Diana Rodriguez from Criteria, Tomas Cookman from Industria Works, Nacional Records, amongst many, many others coming down the pipeline. So these are kind of a cool way to get just a little backstage sneak peek, not just with the artist, but with the business side of things. And some will be in Spanish, some will be in English. So make sure to tune in every month to these very special editions of Pili Raúl en la Música, Music Industry Edition. Raúl. Pili. I'll see you next time. You got it. Bye-bye.